All right, Imperfect Parenting Podcast with Seth Dahl, yeah, yeah, Ben Serple, and myself, Brittany Serple. One, I, I'm just keeping you guys all fashion forward. That's, that's <laughs> my goal here. Now we're having fun. Yes, we, are, we are been talking about all sorts of things, and always fun when Seth's here. But we're going to dive into the. I mean, I've never been, you know, outnumbered by the boys on the podcast before this it's season until now. Which is great because we're talking about boys. boys, raising young men, raising young men, raising young men, and we only have one young man in our house. We do I have in two. process, and you've got two. I don't think we can count any of the animals, but um, <laughs> Winston, a big dog. I know. I I always thought that I was going to have we were going to have boys. That's what I was convinced. You're of. normal. Yeah, we had girls, two girls and more a boy, girls and boys. So, yep. anyways, but. You, you two have picked out your memes, so I'll we, let you... Uh, we have picked out our uh-huh. memes. They, they feel right. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. They feel great for talking about Would you like the first one or second boys. one, Seth? I will take the... Second one. Second one. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, that sounds weird when they find out what the meme is, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because you have two boys. Here we yeah. go. First one, this actually reminds me of my dog I had as a child, which... I don't Missy? Know what, yeah, Missy was her name. But this is a little boy... Holding his dog, the dog's on on two feet, kind of standing up against a glass sliding door. It's a little like they got poodle. their arms around each other. Yeah, yeah. got their arms around each other. The baby's, I mean, he's probably like what two? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe three. But kind of looking out out into the grassy field with great anticipation, and it says this: One day, you will reach the handle, and we can both go pee outside. Was <laughs> yes. so, so the dog talking to the kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, one buddy, day. one of these days soon we can both go pee outside. Why do you think that's a good one for talking about boys? Uh, we're just sitting there laughing about this. My son, which he probably gets it from me. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't get it from you. I definitely he gets it from me. I, don't, <laughs> I only pee you. outside when we're camping and I have, and have to. to. Sure. I never <laughs> once, while having a bathroom available to myself, have I gone outside and go, you know like, what? I'm going to go time. pee in the garden. Never once has this ever happened. <laughs> what I was going to say, I'm sorry, is... He will walk past the bathroom, go outside. to the back door yeah. to go pee. Yeah. Well, he goes, I got to go pee and runs yeah. to the back door. I, I kind of love it. I do too. I, I don't about being outside. And- well, the funny thing that happened the other day is you, it rained like crazy. And so there's like this stream in our backyard. It was nuts. Half the grass flooded. It was wild. And you and Lincoln went outside to see it. Adventure. Mm-hmm. And then pee in it. And then all of a sudden, my mom and I were at the door looking at this water, and the two of you are standing there. And I just started shaking my head. She goes, "Does she? Does do they think that we don't know what they're doing?" I said, "Yeah, that's the peace dance." Oh, and yeah. the two of you are just peeing out in the bushes, looking at the Something cow field. about taking a pee with my son. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't know. I love it. My boy, my boys are the exact same. But Lincoln can reach the handle at this point, so he yeah. does it himself. Yeah, he does it himself. He goes out to pee <laughs> him and, and he takes him and the dog. Rosie go yep. outside. Yeah, Rosie they pee together. and him go. All right, the next meme is just words, no pictures, but this one says at least eighty percent of raising boys is asking them to get their hands out of their pants. And all the boy moms and dads said, "You get me." Uh-huh. <laughs> Our dog even does that. Our he dog puts his hands on. And he, well, no pants, but. <laughs> He wow. put his hand, his paw down there, and I'm like, wow, you're you're a boy. Yeah. Well, we did talk about it before that men have a relationship with their penis that they've got to work out. So. Yeah. That was a conversation we had months in here. ago. If you missed it, 
I've <laughs> gone into my boy's room and one of them's fallen asleep with their hand <laughs> down their pants. This. I'm gonna leave that where it is. I don't understand. Uh, don't understand. Sorry, guys. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, raising young men. <laughs> Moving on. So, but it's what real. are we doing? This raising is so young so men. Raising young men is helping them stop doing that. You think? Um. Well, in public, letting them. In, yeah, pee I was gonna say. Yeah, in public. I I sleep with a man, discreet. so I know. I know the full truth. <laughs> Where's this going? I think that there's still hands in pants. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, wait, that sounds uh, inappropriate. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's it's kind of what we've done here. Whenever we talk about <laughs> we have this, if we can talk about it, we're going to. I love yep. it. I love it about you too. <laughs> Don't change, okay? No, we won't. So there is lots to cover. I think both Seth, Seth and I love this topic. Um, we found found ourselves in different places together, learning about masculinity, manhood. We're in a group together where we this is this is the whole point of the group with 12, 12 other men. We're just challenging each other to stay healthy as men yeah. in your family, in, in your walk with the Lord, in your job. So, again, there's lots to cover here. I think our, our first note that I, I want to start with is young men are learning how to carry responsibility, which is a huge setup to be successful men. So mm-hmm. young boys are learning how to carry responsibility. Yeah, Talk to me for a minute about your, your own experience with that, raising these little... Uh, Little guys. Holders. <laughs> well, oh, my goodness. I mean, I have quite a few stories. I mean, we, we just try to create an environment in our home where responsibility is, is expected and normal. And, hey, we take responsibility for animals that we have. You know, August has his own dog. So it's like, hey, your dog needs you to take responsibility for her or she mm-hmm. is not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's done great. And then Arrow has a rabbit, and so he goes out there and takes care of the rabbit, and he does awesome. Um, so I think I think that's a huge part. Like we just kind of have it in our culture of of our house of like you have responsibilities, and this is what young men do is keep things alive, take care of them, make sure they're okay, provide. pay attention to them, provide for them, feed them, nourish them, um, protect them. Yeah. You know, they're really big on that. I have a really fun story. Um, August has lots of knives and blades and stuff, right? And um, he has a sword, like a really full-on big samurai-type sword in his closet. And one night, it was really cool, He, the dog started barking like crazy, which there's so many dogs in our neighborhood. It's kind of like if one starts, they're mm-hmm. all going. Hey, so hey, all these hey. dogs are barking. And I wake up, and I go out, and I open the door, to like talk to the dogs and kind of see if I can tell what's going on. And August hears the door open and thinks, I didn't find this out till the next day. He thinks someone has come in the house Hmm. and he doesn't know it's me. So he goes into his closet, grabs his sword and comes sneaking out and he's ready until he sees me. And then he goes back in real fast, puts his sword away and then comes back out and talks to me. So I don't know he's done this till Mm -hmm. the next day. He tells Lauren and she's like, August came out with his sword until he saw you. I'm like, no way. So I talked to him. I said, you know, buddy, what what are you doing? He's like, well, I thought someone came in the house and I was going to protect us. If I said, wow, you're That's awesome. taking responsibility for protecting us. And yeah. yeah, if something had happened to me, you were there. And if I wasn't awake, you were there. I'm like, wow, man, that's that's really amazing, so young, young man. Like you're stepping up, taking responsibility to protect our family I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's also a little nerve wracking. Ten year old boy carrying around a sword in the middle of the night. And I'm glad he recognized you. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, hopefully you recognize when it's me and don't hit me with that thing. Yeah. But also glad, like, oh, you're you're. I just told him, like, you're becoming a man. Like that's mm. that's what men do. If someone tries to come in your house, you need to stop them and protect us. Yeah. And you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I just even thinking about the <clears throat> the analogy you're using of a sword. Like you have to know how to how to actually wield that thing and and how to handle that much power. Mm-hmm. Like this this in your hands, if not dealt with correctly, could be very dangerous. Yeah. And I think one of the words that keeps coming up for me lately is is the word meekness, which is actually learning how to withhold the power you have for the benefit of those around you. Mm-hmm. The people benefit, even though you have more power. You might might be more powerful, be it stronger, mm-hmm. be it taller you know, whatever it is, small money, um, the list goes on. But you actually carrying meekness in each situation sets you up to be the protector, Mm. to be the provider, the the, the connector. You know, we we talked to Lincoln a lot about how he protects his sisters, that one of his responsibilities is how he treats them, that that how he treats women, he's practicing right now. There's a a lady coming his way one day Mm -hmm. down the road, a long way down the road, where he's going to have to have to um, have the right tools to to provide for her, connect with her, and have her feel safe and protected. Yeah, I think with that, one of the things I love about having animals is that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I intentionally tell my boys, I'm like, "Wow, the way you take care of your bunny or the way you take care of your dog, you're preparing yourself to be a good dad." That's what dads do. That's what good dads do is take care. of them. I love it. I'm like. Animals give them such an opportunity to practice this kind of stuff. Yeah. We had this um, moment, Lincoln and I did. Ben was sick, I think, when it happened. And it was one of those days it was like I had to do filming and Ben had been sick for days and, you know, I'm running out the door. Kids are in school, so I'm giving hugs and kisses goodbye and I'm leaving. And as I'm leaving, the one of the goldfish is mm. obviously not doing well. And it's not been doing well for a little while, and I've been we've been watching it, and and it's not it's not okay. It's it's barely alive, and I'm gonna be gone all day. I'm like, ugh. Okay, and this is a birthday gift that he got uh, during COVID. We did this crazy birthday. They might be the longest living I goldfish swear, ever. They, well, I don't. Even, oh my gosh! I'm, Just kept going. Yes, because he the, fed them. <laughs> they're not. They've grown so much, and they've <laughs> lived forever. So I go over to him and I said, hey, you know, we've been watching, I think the fish name was Stephen. Stephen. We've, we've been watching Stephen <laughs> struggle <laughs> and he's not okay. I, I think it might be time that we yeah. flush him. And he said, well, I, I just, because he was kind of stuck in the filter and he's like, I, I think he's fine. Just get him out. And I move him and he's just kind of not okay. Like, yeah, he's he's not okay, son. And he's he's trying to convince me that he's okay because mm-hmm. he's kind of moving. I said, you know, part of the hard thing but responsible thing is when we love these animals, we have to do the hard things and the easy That's... things. And saying goodbye to Stephen when it's time for him to go is a hard thing. So this is your fish. We can leave him in here. And let them keep struggling, or we could say goodbye, because that's that's what we got to do. 
And he's like, okay. You know, and again, it's a goldfish. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's cuddling with it at bedtime. Yeah. He's never touched it probably. Yeah. And but the emotion and the the tenderness to him because yep. he has twice a day been feeding this thing yeah, for providing for over it. three years. Every time I clean this ten gallon tank, when yeah. I say we, I mean me. I'm mm-hmm. he's come with me to help me. I'm like, buddy, this is this is our process. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he can't pick it up. But yeah, he, he's been part of the whole process. So we said, I said, do you want to flush it downstairs or in my bathroom? And so he says, my bathroom. We get to it and um. I put him in there and we flush it, and immediately he just starts crying because there's there's just this tenderness and value for life yeah. and ownership that we've he's had developed through yeah you know being responsible for something, yeah. but uh, you know at the same moment he'll go and break a board in Taekwondo with his strength, but yeah. he's also got this gentleness to him. He does, and his just tender hard thing that we haven't distorted like yeah. you've got to be yeah. tough and hard to be yeah a man which i think man. is where we'll end up in this conversation is he's got that i'm gonna go pee outside <laughs> always i'm let me you know he likes to do that stuff and he's also very tender and he's mm-hmm. also very gentle and he's yeah. also very loving and nurturing it's like oh that's a beautiful picture to me of like a ki- a boy being raised healthy, that you can cry when you need to, and not just suck it up. Men don't cry, boys don't cry, mm-hmm. and at the same time, oh, we will allow you to, whatever, use knives, help with chopping wood, help yep. with building the fire, help use with the chainsaw, use the chainsaw, and I love that. I think Ben and I were not that long ago in. Wyoming on thousands and thousands of acres and we went to a shooting school to learn how to shoot long guns range long range school. shooting school a thousand yards I know pretty much to do it I was, it was it was awesome she's mad Lauren and you I wanted to go it. I know you guys would have probably been hitting the targets before we would have us. been better than the boys probably but okay so move on challenge. go ahead um so <laughs> so we're there but Ben and I are there Danny's there a bunch of these men are there and and one of my friends came his name's Cody. He's a stuntman. He's a horse stuntman. Yeah. So he's grown up around horses. Yeah, you know him well. And Cody is like, he's awesome. He's one of the best guys I I know. And he he is so wrecked at this place because, you know, part of the group is shooting guns, dialing their dialing in their scopes and all that stuff, learning all that, which is so cool. While half the group is doing that, the other half is riding these massive horses, these half-draft horses. So they're like draft horses but not full drafts. They're monsters. We're all just picking a horse, asking the Lord which horse getting on, throwing the saddle on, doing all that, and riding for hours, jumping naked into icy, cold streams. Fantastic. It was so great. But Fantastic. we're we're going, and Cody is so messed up. He's saying – the guys who are in charge of the horses. Like now we all know them. Now we're all mm-hmm. friends. Now I'm like, I just went with them to Idaho. And but Cody's like, man, this is the weirdest thing. It's so weird. These men are legit cowboys. Like real cowboys. This is what they do. Haul Hardcore. horses around, mm-hmm. big horses around, go collect them in the morning, bring them back, saddle them up, take them. Like these guys are legit cowboys. He goes, and they're so emotionally healthy. They're so kind totally. they're so gentle 
but those are cowboys. And he was messed up because like all I've ever seen is cowboys that are Hard. you fall off the horse, you just act like you're okay. Even if you broke something, yep. you don't show any emotion. You just suck it up, man up, and keep going. And I, I think there's once in a while there's times for that. Like, hey, we got to get up yeah. and go. Yeah. But at the same time, he's just like, I feel like my worlds are merging. That's They're incredible. combining because he's he's also a pastor. And he's like, no. and pastor, you're kind and gentle and and you're, you're, the shepherd you're to pastoring your people. Yeah. But he's grown up with cowboys his whole life as well. And so it was really cool to see that. But it's it's this thing that we were all kind of – I think all of us in some sense were going like, wow, it's really manly to shoot guns at a 1,000 yards. It's really manly to ride horses. And it's really manly to yeah. talk about our hearts and what's going on and being vulnerable. And here's where I'm not doing okay. And here's where I'm struggling. And here's where I'm hurting. Like we're all – we all leave this camp – after like three days and we're like, well, that was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. We open our hearts to each other. But yeah. it was, to me, it was this great picture of like, oh, you guys do the manly stuff that men do. Mm-hmm. And you also do the things that most of us were told men don't do. If you're ready for a life-changing transformation, head on over to kylouniversity.com now and start your journey towards a more fulfilling future. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Your transformation begins at Kylo University. Visit kyloyouniversity.com today. I, I think about um, lots of, lots of moments in my own life where I've been been learning these kind of lessons. But one was Alaska, where with these these men who were just if you're from Alaska, wow, <laughs> you're one you're that yeah, breed, <laughs> you're that breed. You're just different kind of people up there. You have to be, I guess. But we have some close friends that took us on this 65 mile uh, snow machine trip up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not ten, nine or ten guys, and but the thing that stuck out stuck out stuck out out stood, stood out. out stood out stuck out <laughs> stuck. Um, to Danny and I was was really the fact that they didn't quit. I think that's one of the things that that I I love to look for opportunities with Lincoln, that men don't quit. Now everything you're talking about hasn't changed. The, the, this emotional awareness, this it's okay to to appear weak, even feel weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we don't quit. We keep moving and we don't stop because there's so many there's so many things in front of us. That, that want us to quit. There's just so many things coming at us, especially as men and, and really just people. Um, but it, it reminds me of this, this thing the Lord's done in my heart for the last couple of years, which is nice versus kind, which yeah. might sound funny. It often sounds like the same word. but We think they're the same. It, it feels like the same. But the difference for me is, is nice people are so appeasing. And, and it's really about being liked and accepted at the expense of your own integrity, your own convictions. And so a nice person will probably quit before they should mm-hmm. because they're, they're looking to appease the environment wow. around them. A kind man is, is, it may even look the same on the outside, but he's actually willing to give feedback in truth and love. He's, he's willing to show up and engage. But the, the kind has, has very little, if any, to do with appeasement. 
and more to do with me staying true to who I am and showing up and bringing that strength. Nice has everything to do with just don't make any waves. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're saying that um, nice and kind have the same manifestation in a lot of ways. Potentially. And, until it is confronted with being conformed. Yeah. And that's the difference where I think you you shoot past a place where you really develop trust and covenant relationships yeah. is is with a man that's willing to understand what a kind-hearted man is. I want to develop that relationship with rather than he's a nice guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a nice guy, but uh, he's a kind-hearted man. Yeah. That's just a different, yeah. I guess, expression yeah. on the other side of it is you're waiting for what's that line to where I have to conform to what makes me unoffendable or unoffended. You're, you're not offended by me. And, and just imagine a, a, a room full of young men that have caught that. You know, if all our sons got together and they had that going in their heart, just a room full of kind young men, mm-hmm. there is, a, there is a, a bunch of young women waiting for those men to rise up. Oh, yeah. So. I think we, were, um, we had a young man stop by last night and I think you know he has he didn't have a a father growing up he's been in your youth group forever when we were back in the youth group days yeah um and he struggled to figure out the difference between kind and nice I remember him he was often in trouble but he Mm -hmm. was he was a kind kid I mean he was nice he he if you if you didn't mess with him Mm -hmm. he was nice and but at that certain line all of a sudden you know he just couldn't handle it and he it would break down, but um, you know, just y- you said last night. I never thought that he would be the the one kid I'm still connected to. Yeah. But he, even without having a, a father in the home, his mom did such a great job and of getting him in a room with other men, trying to figure yeah. out who is this, who's the man that's going to latch on that speaks right. to you. Because sometimes it's not their father, somebody. It's another it's an uncle. Yeah. It's a brother. It's a leader. It's something. Mm-hmm. Someone else that catches that but i think for for him you really you stood out pretty consistently and you know there's half a dozen of them that still call you but uh he's emerged into a season where i think he's becoming a kind-hearted man he's very young still but um we've seen that change that's incredible and it's those are the guys that i'll I'll tell young women that's the kind of guy that you want around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he's he's put the work in and his his he doesn't stop has that thing again. He just doesn't stop. Yeah, and I I think what makes him stand out is, um, he asks for feedback. Yes, he he kind of he's his he does. um under his value for seeking covering from other men, um, is the value and I, which I love I love watching my dad create this group. You create your own group. Yeah. Thinking about Lincoln who's going to think it's normal to go find a group of men that I run with. That's right. Yeah. That's it's, an, a, it's a non-negotiable. That's a powerful thought to think about what's that's coming down from Lincoln. That's a great thought. That is a very... I, actually haven't, <laughs> I haven't had that thought till right now. Yeah, that's all <laughs> he knows. sons are going to build Dragon Slayer groups. Yeah. Come well, on. they're going to expect I run with yes. other men, which that is probably one of the biggest things I hear you talk about is men that isolate themselves and become their own gods. Mm-hmm. They're... You know, and then they bring their wives on it, and and everybody's miserable, or their families there. But it's uh, to think if you had a 
men that we do with we meet with that deal with porn and stuff like that is all about isolation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and, and comfort them comfort themselves with the wrong solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to imagine having your son growing up, knowing that, oh, come I on. just have an, an army of brothers that I run with, come that on, I dads. share my life with. I know. Come on. Because it happens when they're little. It feels like it, it's normal when they're little. But then all of a sudden, unless you're in like sports or college sports or, I don't know, fraternity, I don't know what you mm-hmm. how you would keep that. Yeah, it's true. It, it starts to go away. My uh, What I've noticed with my older son, August, like – he stays up later than Arrow, the six-year-old. And August deeply wants to be around men. So, like, I'll be outside with our neighbor guy who comes over and we hang out and talk. And he's about to become a father for the first time. So he's over and, you know, he just picks my brain. We talk or he doesn't pick my brain or whatever. We just yeah. hang out. Um, but he's also in our Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. So me, Ben, him, and a bunch of other guys. And so we'll be out there on the computer, zooming over into California from Texas and all this stuff. But whenever I'm out there, we'll have other guys over just around the fire, hanging out. But anytime there's men at a table, August will be there. And he will just come sit on my lap and snuggle. Like he just sits there and I just hold him, but he's listening. I can just see him watching every single man and he's watching us and he's in the mix. Like Arrow's already asleep, but August is out there. It's like... Late at night, dark, he gets in that, and I'm going, this kid wants to be around this so bad. He wants to hear what we're saying. He wants to look at this guy with a huge beard that's six foot two that he, like, wants his perspective on life. Then he wants to see how I respond, and he's watching. I can see him just watching him like, wow, boys love this. It's like there's something in there, too, that's going – I, w- I want to be around men. I want to. I remember doing men. my dad. I was good at my dad to different things he would do and just love being around it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, for any, any men listening or wives, you can send this to your husband. Um, <laughs> With love. Mm-hmm. Of course. Just, just to help him out. One of the things that I've, I've, one of the authors I've loved on this topic is Stephen Mansfield. Mm-hmm. He's just got some great stuff on this. But Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. Uh, yeah, Mansfield's. Right? And then he has uh, Building a Band of Brothers and so many more. Yeah. Um, but he, Men on Fire is another one, but he, he talks about that boys become men because other men actually invite them into it, which as you're telling the story about August sitting on your lap, I'm thinking that's part of it, Yeah, is your son's actually invited into the room yeah. to begin to learn what healthy manhood is. Yeah, and he knows he can come in. Well, I think what's interesting is you're creating such a great picture of what um, a healthy man is versus the, you know, toxic masculinity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is everywhere. I think that's, you know, both our boys are able to discern what's toxic and what is masculine and what's not even yeah. masculine. I mean, Lincoln's able to watch dad in his Taekwondo class be toxic towards his son and absolutely go, that's why that boy's so angry and mean mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's because it's a very toxic environment. It, that father wants respect, and he's not going to get it that way. He's going to get a fearful child that's giving obedience. Yeah. But you should answer your question because you got three minutes. Three minutes about toxic lens right. masculinity, right? Ahead, yeah. How? Yeah, there is that whole conversation, which is usually around the men who are 
kind of mainly like, oh, you like guns and oh, you are a protector. That's mm-hmm. toxic or whatever. You hold a door for women now. It's considered toxic <laughs> rather than chivalrous. But like how do we – yeah, how can we instill healthy masculinity? I mean that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, hey, feel your emotions. Yeah. Hey, be kind and yeah. be strong all at the same time. How do we instill that? Well, let me – yeah, you got a good story. Let me share this story quick that I just t- told you before we started filming. But um, w- we were in this room, room one time. I think Brittany was there. And this young man was upset about something. So he left the room and left the house and slammed the front door. I mean, I think I think the neighbors heard it. It was loud. Mm-hmm. And the other young man sitting in the kitchen still said, see, that's toxic masculinity. And I turned to him with love, but I said, that's not – I, I said, there's nothing masculine about that. It's just toxic. So he's letting his own pain, his own frustration, his undeveloped parts of him come out and create a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. There's nothing masculine about that because masculinity has everything to do with protecting the people around you, of actually building health and, and the, the, st- the stuff you're describing. And I think this is the, the environment we need to raise our boys in. Which, which, again, we say this almost every episode, but it requires men to confront their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's a man in the house, go, go find those men who carry this and put your sons in front of them to, to see what healthy masculinity looks like. Yeah. Yeah, like, hey, I'm really mad. I need some space. I'm going to go think. I'll come back. Like, that's you said the same exact thing. You just used words instead of actions. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that wasn't toxic. That was really powerful. And that was really actually a healthy way to well, say what you're communicating. I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just out of here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll right. see you in a few months or mm-hmm. maybe not. Wow. Yeah. I was, I think one of the things for moms that maybe they're, the father's not going to engage right. or you're doing it on your own or whatever the situation is. I, uh, there's, I, a lot of moms I meet with are, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And, yeah. and um, I, I, one, I would be submitting yourself just to the Lord because he cares about your boys just as much as you do, yeah. not more. And so our our hurry around making something happen might create more damage than we want because mm. the last thing you want to do is force your son into a relationship with someone that he's not actually seeing totally. as an influence. Yeah. You know, we I always say, you know, connection leads to influence. So I know looking at Lincoln's life, you know, the places that stand out that I could for if anything happened and I needed to pull on other men, I have a few options that I could pull on. Yeah. You know, and I love that his Taekwondo instructor, Mr. Westfall, doubt you'll ever listen to this, but you're <laughs> awesome. He is. You know, you are he's funny He's encouraging, he's challenging, he's comforting. I mean, I've watched him do all these things, and he's working with, it's mostly boys in these classes, but, you know, that, get your kids in these environments where you get to identify and and look, okay, where are they connecting? Okay, I'm going to explore this to see what favor's on here. And if there's no favor, then it's probably time to move on. So that's just my input for, for those that are maybe having to do it yeah. I mean, even as a dad to a son, I I have spots where I'm like, I need help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need, like August, not too long ago, was really afraid to go into this gymnastics competition. For some reason, he was really struggling to the point where he's sick to his stomach. 
And I'm like, man, I've done everything, and he's still not coming out of it. Like, mm-hmm. I've watched him come out of it over and over and over with stuff like this, amazingly. This time he wasn't coming out, and he's really struggling. Like, buddy, we're going in there. You get, you're going to go in, and yeah. you're going to face this. I've seen you do this over and over. You, you got it. I believe in you. But we go in there, and his coach walk, he, his coach knew mm-hmm. he's struggling. He comes right up to him. He grabs him. He goes, hey, feeling scared? He's like, yeah. He goes, you haven't worked out in a while. He's like, I know. And now you're here. He's like, yeah. He goes, you know what? We all need to work out. We've missed a few days because of the ice storm here in Texas, whatever. He goes, how about we just go do our workout with some people watching? And my son was like, all right. And he goes in. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I need the coach. I need yeah. Coach Greg yeah. to help when I'm even stu- – not just like if you're a single mom. Awesome. If you're a dad going for it and you get stuck, like that's when it's good to have the coach or to have the pastor or to have the uh, and, other man. And this is them. a huge piece for even like the dragon. Like the having men around me, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yeah. Like I want my wife to have someone to call and say, my husband's being no fun. Yeah. <laughs> I need some help. Yeah. My Which son's I struggling would. and we're not sure what to do. Yeah. Or the, you know, maybe Lincoln takes up, I don't know, motocross and we know that eric is amazing right. in motocross like oh, yeah. you could try and learn it with him and mm-hmm. i'm sure you would but first phone call if he surpasses your experience and all of a sudden you're like who do i call i i call one of my men that know yep. this is your expertise yeah I, I think that's just the the point is to rally around and um not be afraid of of raising young men to be great men come on yep we need him so awesome yeah. Good podcasts. Always love the conversation. Yep. Gentlemen, thank Joys you. Joys to men. Thank you, darling. Uh-huh. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.